Blog Talk Radio. today. Good love. Is your relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, She's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save a Seminars, she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hey there, everybody. It's Dr. Brenda Wade here, your good love doctor. So happy to be with you again talking about our very, very favorite topic, good love. And, oh, yes, you're going to learn what money has to do with love today and maybe how to have more of the green stuff. And we're going to talk about love Money and Seva, that's S-E-V-A. Now, most of you know that's the theme of our life-changing seminar program. And a lot of people say to me, well, hey, Doc, what is Seva? Seva is a Sanskrit word. It's one of my favorite words in the whole world because it means selfless service. Selfless service. And that's what we are here to provide at the end of the day for your life to be happy for your love to be complete, for you to really enjoy prosperity and abundance. And that's a feeling of flow. It's not just numbers in your bank account. We all have to give selfless service. It's one of the fastest ways to feel good in this life, and that is to be of service to others. All right, so love, money, and savor. Here we go. We've got three, not one, not two, but three very, very special guests tonight. We have Dr. Leslie Beth Wish. Love that name, Leslie Beth Wish. And she's going to be talking about love. She's the author of Smart Relationships and the founder of lovevictory.com. We're also going to hear from Soyini Koch who's going to talk about money. She's a Harvard-educated business strategist with groundbreaking advice for your prosperity and abundance. We're also going to hear from a young man who is back from two tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's Bo Bluen, who's going to talk about SEVA and selfless service. He's 27 years old. He's a former Marine two tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. You don't want to miss what he learned about the power of love. 
on the life-threatening front lines in the war. Very, very interesting and dynamic young man. Hang tight. And this week and every week, I want you to understand this. The key to good love is knowing that you deserve good love. You are worth good love, and you are so lovable. Now, that's our mantra for our show, and I want you to say it. I deserve good love. I am worth good love, and I am so lovable right now. That's your mantra. Keep that going. Say it in the mirror every day when you brush your teeth, wash your face, comb your hair because you are programming your mind for good love. And the way to start good love just effortlessly being magnetized into your life is to know you deserve it, you're worth it, and you're already more lovable than you can possibly imagine. And, of course, we're going to focus on why good love is essential to your greatness. And, of course, you're going to identify those old negative love patterns from the past that might be blocking you from the good love you want and how you can break those chains of what happened back then so you are free to experience what is now. And we want to hear from you. Our phone number to call in and join our conversation live, take this number down, it's 347-989-0776. That's 347-989-0776. Then push 1 on your phone and we know you're ready to join the conversation. Just push one on your phone. Hit us back on Facebook at Dr. Brenda Wade or tweet us at hashtag Dr. Brenda Wade. We want to hear from you. Now let me tell you just a little bit about our first guest. That's Dr. Leslie Beth Wish. But everybody, we're going to call her LB because she goes by LB. She says women are often smart about work. Uh Uh-oh, but not smart about love. She's written a research-based self-help book, Smart Relationships, How Successful Women Can Find True Love. And her website is www.lovevictory.com. I'll tell you more about how to reach her in a little bit. But first, let's talk to LB because she's talking about victory, and that is one of the most powerful words that we use around here. Welcome, LB. How are you? I am fine, and thank you so very much for having me. I loved your intro, and I can connect my research findings and help to your listeners exactly with those issues. Yay. All right. So how do you define victory in a love relationship? I want to start right there. I like what you said about being lovable and believing that you deserve love because that is the very first victory. One of the key findings from my research with over 1,200 women was that they felt fundamentally unlovable. Oh, you're breaking my heart, LB. That 1,200 women felt fundamentally unlovable. And, of course, you and I both know 
that how we feel about ourselves determines our behavior. So I was working with a woman. I know you could tell me some stories. I was working with a woman who really didn't feel she was lovable, and I asked her what she, she always said she couldn't get a date. I said, well, what do you do when you're out in public or, or you're out meeting people? She said, I always take a book so I can read. <clears throat> That's how she went out to meet people, LB. What do you think? And she put that screen up. She put up that wall that you can't get through. And that was how she protected herself. And that's what so many of the women did in, in my workshops and lectures. And here is an example that I hope your listener, your women listeners can relate to. It was easier for these women to have sex on a first date than it was to allow themselves to be known by their date. Because sex felt easier to do. You can allow your body to respond without your heart, your mind, and your soul. And that was somehow in their mind easier to do than it was to take their time and allow their flaws, their weaknesses, their struggles to feel lovable. They didn't want to be known. And that was an upside-down decision. Wow. That's a very surprising finding, that it's easier to have sex than to let somebody really know them as people. Now, your book features test scores and your love IQ, and that's all about preparing for love. Talk a little bit about how somebody who's listening right now who may be in that syndrome, I don't deserve it. I'm not worth it. I'm not lovable. I'd rather have sex than let you in and let you be with the real me. How can they use that love IQ? Okay, that's a great question, and I am so glad that, that you get it because sometimes people have said, oh, you know, today's culture is, you know, first night sex or even before a date sex is fine, and it isn't. It really isn't. Throw out the idea of ethics or morals. It has to do with being known, being in charge of your emotional management, and not being so desperate that you rush the connection only through sex. So what do you do if you feel unlovable and that you feel you have to rush that connection? So think about this. A lot of times when women want to boost their self-esteem, think of all those quizzes and magazines. They're supposed to list all their great qualities. You know, I'm smart, I'm kind, I'm generous, I give back. And I teach the women in my workshops to do it backwards. Make a list of all the things that you don't like about yourself. Start backwards. Because to tell yourself every day, I'm great, I'm great, you're going to run into that resistance of all those negative messages that float in your head. So go ahead, enter your darkness for a moment, make a list of all those things you don't like, and then make a list of all the things that your parents said to you, did to you, didn't do for you, Make a list of all the things they taught you about men, trust, love, the world, and see if you can create a bridge between your negative thoughts and what they taught you. And usually what happens is that you begin to realize that those negative thoughts about yourself and the world and trust and being lovable didn't come from inside you. They came from outside you. Exactly. And now you have the ability to break that connection. Oh, I love what you're saying, LB, because the truth is, and we've been talking about this here on Good Love Radio 
that all those patterns that you just mentioned, what we learn about ourselves in childhood, that gets implanted in a child's brain by the time the child is eight years old. So you've got your finger on the pulse. What we think isn't good about us isn't something that we made up all by ourselves. We were taught that. We were taught it. Now, once people identify what their parents taught them and they make this absolutely essential connection, I made these things up because of what I learned as a child. Everybody make a note. LB is giving you the gospel, as my granny used to say. Okay? And LB, once they make that connection, what's next? Well, I do this exercise in my workshops where I hand out blank T-shirts. And you have to write on your T-shirt all your negative things. Now you get a second T-shirt, and after we explore how to break that bond from the messages you were given, we write, everybody writes the same message on their T-shirt, and the same message is, it's not about me, it was about them, them meaning parents. Yes. You can get that message in your head, and that might be something you have to repeat all the time, but the goal is not to become an emotional time traveler where you bring all those messages with you from the past into your present and future. Yes. Oh, I love it. Now, tell us, in smart relationships, when you took on that subject that was so, so important for all of us, tell us about those people who sabotage their own relationships. Well, if you don't feel lovable, if you're not in charge of your emotional management, then you do sabotage things. And how do you do that? You make all the top mistakes. You get critical of yourself or critical of your partner. You use sarcasm. You withdraw emotionally, like walk out of the room, or you have explosive arguments. All the things that make someone want to run away from you. Mm. And why do women do that? They're afraid. They're so afraid. Yeah. You know what? LB, you are laying it down. You are absolutely giving people a roadmap. And, you know, it is important, everyone, if you want to join the conversation, if you have a question, hit us back on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Brenda Wade on Facebook and Twitter or call 347 989 76, and then you must push 1 on your phone so that we know you want to join our live discussion. And you have just a couple more minutes here with LB so that we can hear more from her and answer your questions. Okay, and Cliff is going to tell us if any questions come in. He's monitoring those phones for us. All right, LB. What's the most important thing you want women to do, smart women, successful women? What is the most important thing you want them to take away from your work? Okay, there are three things, and I'm going to put it in the form of a quiz for your listeners. Women, what do you think is women's number one love mistake? Think about Mm. that. What is their biggest mistake? And the answer is... When, they get, um, when the man who they're dating breaks up with them, what these women did in my study that they really hurt themselves by doing 
was that they swore off men. They said, that's it, I'm done. I thought this was the one. I put my heart and soul into it, and I'm done. I'm going to go off and, you know, get a cabin in the woods with my girlfriends and a bunch of cats, and that's all we're going to do for the rest (laughs) of our life. And become the crazy cat lady. All right. There is so much more, so much more, everyone. We are talking with the brilliant, dynamic, and very funny Dr. Elizabeth, am I saying it right? I need to make Leslie sure Beth, Leslie, LB, Leslie, Beth, Leslie Beth Wish, who is the author of Smart Relationships and the founder of LoveVictory.com. Now hold on to that thought, everyone. LoveVictory.com. Please hit her up, find out more about her, run, don't walk, and pick up Smart Relationships, how successful women can find True love, and I want to thank you, LB, for taking the time to talk with us. You're wonderful, absolutely wonderful. We'll have to have you back for more. Well, you're wonderful. I like your message very much. You are on target. I'm telling your listeners right now, I've done scores and scores of radio shows, and sometimes people just don't hit the target right like you do, and I would be absolutely honored to come back again. We can do more quiz questions. All right. Thank you so much, LB. Many blessings. Be well. Okay, everybody sit tight because we're going to move on now from our heart to money, and money and the heart just might be connected. So remember, call us at 347 excuse me, 989-0776. Click one on your phone or hit us back on Dr. Brenda Wade on Facebook or Twitter. Now, our next guest is the founder of Anona Enterprises, a team of consultants that work directly with executives to ensure each venture's success. She's Harvard-educated. It's Soyoni Koch, who has also served as business manager for Atlanta-based Fierce Magazine, an edgy multicultural publication for women, and I just had the honor of writing an article for Fierce called You Are Just the Right Age for Love. So you can look for that. All right, when it comes to prosperity consciousness, let me say it again. Prosperity consciousness, Sayoni has a great, great business idea. And she wants to tell us all about it right now. And she's going to talk about why businesses don't work and what we need to do to turn our goals and objectives into profitable results. Bottom line, right now is good love means making good money so you can bless the world. Okay. Hi there. How are you, Sayoni? I'm fine, Dr. Brenda. Thank you so very much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you this evening. Oh, thank you, my dear. It's our honor. Now, am I saying your name just right? It's Soyini. Soyini. Okay, thank you. Thank you, because I want to make sure we get that just right. Soyini, that's beautiful. All right, Soyini, you've got Anona Enterprises. Tell us about Anona. What does that mean? the, the company is a strategic advisory firm that serves businesses that are 
up to $100 million in revenue. Um, and Anona is the Roman goddess of the harvest and the marketplace. She was the one that brought the shifts in with all of their wares to sell in the, in the Roman marketplace. Mm, so when we say my ship came in, Anona would have been the one bringing that ship in, right? Yes, she would be the one who was looking, looking over, over all of the ships that were bringing in their wares, yes. Okay, well, I'm going to think about when my ship comes in, which will be like any minute now, Anona <laughs> could be there at the helm. That's a great exactly. name. So what are the biggest challenges? Let's get right into your work because I know you've got some good material for us. What's the biggest challenge in your view that blocks people from clearly establishing financial goals? I think for me, I see a couple different areas. One is that the people don't really put their vision out there. Um, a lot of us get wrapped up in our day-to-day, like what we have to do, going to work, those kinds of things, the day-to-day chores, mm-hmm. and we really don't have a clear idea of what we want to achieve, even in, and sometimes in the medium or long term, and put a stake in the ground and say, here are my top financial goals for the next five or ten years and really putting a stake in the ground. That's the first step. And then after that, the next step is to actually have a plan. Something so that's let me actionable. back up for one second. Yeah. Before we get to plan, when you say get clear and to put a stake in the ground, give us a picture. What is the best way to get clear on financial goals and get that stake in the ground? What should we be doing? From my experience, it, it's really simple. I think we just have to take the time to do it. And when I say the time, I mean like to withdraw, right, to have a, some sort of a retreat, some sort of a ritual, whether or not it's once a year or twice a year where we withdraw from our day-to-day life in some sort of a meaningful way and sit back and just look and say, like, what is it that's important to me over the next six months, over the next year, five years, ten years? But what I find is people don't often take the time to do that. So it's about taking time to sit down and get clear. So once you've done that, and this is a challenge, this is one of the reasons year after year, probably for the last 20, I would say 22 years, I've taught a workshop every single January. And for two days, we do nothing but get clear for two days on what are your goals for this year. And it's not too late, by the way, for those who haven't done their 2014 sitting down, and we call them intentions so that you can connect to that field of possibility. But for those who haven't done it, not too late. Take Soyini's advice. Do a retreat and get clear. Now, once we're clear, what do you recommend people do? Do you recommend writing down their goals and intentions? Do you recommend putting specific numbers? What do you think is the best way to go? I, I think to have uh, no more than, than three to five, right? Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we can actually focus. So if we start to have too many goals, it becomes difficult to mobilize our energy and our resources to actually achieve the, the ones that are the most important. So we prioritize the top three to five goals, and then we have to start looking at what it's going to take to make them a reality. So and this to is where we come to the plan you spoke about, yeah? 
yes, exactly. Start starting to get small, bite-sized, actionable steps that we can take towards achieving those goals. So how do you figure out the first step? What if somebody right now is listening and that person is for the first time in their life saying, okay, I'm going to write my goals, but then what? How do you know what those action steps need to be? That's a great question. What I've found for myself is that in many cases I actually know what to do and I'm just not doing it. So for those, you know, in those cases, if I want to lose 15 pounds, I know what there is to do. You know, I need to go to the gym and I need to fix my nutrition. Um, So in some cases we may actually know what there is to do and we just need to delineate what there is to do and to try to figure out how to put it into our schedule. That's often a a big stumbling block. But for the places where we don't know what there is to do, that's where we, we have resources. We have our friends. We have the Internet. We have all kinds of places where we can look to see, well, if I want to accomplish X, Y, Z, then where is that expertise if I don't have it myself? Where is that information if I don't have it myself? Because it's out there. Almost yes, so our it's goals. about finding support. So you're saying exactly. figure out, we've already gotten clear, We've got three to five goals or intentions. We prioritize them. And then the next step is figure out who's got the expertise that will help and what other steps are going to be in that plan. So then once you figure out, you figure out the expertise, you go to that source, wherever it is, and that person will then help you get the action, action steps. And then once you have the action steps, if you either you know what they are or you go and get help to figure out what they are, then for me it's really about resourcing. And when I say resourcing, I mean, so if I have a goal and I know the steps to achieve it, do I have the time, the money, the resources, whether or not it's skills, for example, to actually do the actions that are on my plan? And if I don't have the time, the money, or the skills, then I'm going to need to get the time, the money, or the skills, or I may need to revise my goal because at that point it's no longer realistic. Hmm, wow. Okay, this is getting deep, all right? So, Yanni, we've gone from getting clear, figuring out our action steps, and then we actually have to look at the action steps and say, if I can't do it, If I don't have the time, the money, or the skills, how am I going to accomplish this? So what if you discover, gee, I don't have the time, the money, or the skills, then what? I think then it becomes a a matter of scaling back. So, for example, you may have folks on the line who want to start a business, which is, you know, my ballywick, right? So... If you want to start a business and you're not clear about how to start a business or how to get into the industry that you want to get into, you look for experts and you see, okay, well, here's the person who has the expertise I'm looking for. And then you find out, well, let's say the business is going to take more money, $100,000, and you don't have that capital. Well, then it might be a matter of scaling back and figuring out, well, how can I maybe start this business on a smaller budget or Maybe I can um, barter or trade for some of the things that I need. Maybe I can get investors. But 
what happens is then if you don't have the time, the money, or the skills, you have to look at your original goal and maybe revise the scale of the goal or revise the timeline of it. Yeah, or redirect in some way. We have a caller calling in. Okay, and who's our caller, Cliff? Hello. We have um, Mel. Mel's on the phone. Okay, Mel, hi. What's your question for Soyini? Hi. So I'm curious. Um, I want to create a savings. I mean, how do I even begin to do that when I can't even pay, like, my monthly bills, uh, you know? Wow, mm, that's a good, good question. So Mel wants to know, Soyini, she wants that savings, but she's feeling like, hey, the monthly bills don't allow for it. Yes. I think that's a great question. For what I've found is just start where you are. And starting where, where you are may be taking a jar and putting a penny in it and just saying, okay, today I'm going to put a penny in this jar to seed the universe and let the universe know that I have faith and that I'm willing to do what I can today. Um, for me, saving is a lot about, it's very tied into to faith and belief, right? So, and then the next day you put in another penny, and you put in another penny on the third day, and you'd be surprised how that simple act of faith will then seed your subconscious, and eventually you'll be putting dollars in, and you'll start a bank account, and you know that, that those funds will grow. But just start with even the simplest statement to the universe about your intention to save. Wow. So, Annie, I love what you just said. Mel, is that helpful to you? We couldn't hear you, Mel. Are you there? Oh, yeah, here I'm here. Yes, thank you. That was really helpful. <laughs> All right. And you know, Soyini, you started speaking about the subconscious mind. And just like a few minutes ago, we were speaking about love and how we have subconscious patterns we learn from our parents about love. We've got patterns we learned about money. And one way to change them is what you just recommended to start putting that money in every day. And even as you said, if it's a penny a day, the subconscious starts getting in the habit. And when we build a new habit, we've built a new lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle of savings. I love it that you brought that up. It is so powerful. Now, everyone, I dare you to take Soyini's advice and start saving each day in your jar, in your piggy bank, whatever you've got, and watch it grow and notice how you begin to feel. I know I did that, Soyini, at a time when I thought, my God, how am I going to save anything? And I started putting my nickels and dimes and quarters. I just emptied my coins out each day at the end of the day and put them in my piggy. And by God, I started feeling kind of relaxed and a lot more secure, and it made a difference. Because when we relax everybody, we get more creative, don't we, Soyini? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You get the last word here on money, my dear. What do you want to leave us with about Anona, the goddess who personifies plenty and overlooking the ships coming in? What's your final word for everyone who wants to experience more abundance and prosperity and success in their lives right now. I, I'm a firm believer that, that we can accomplish whatever we set our minds to. 
but I take a very hard-nosed, uh, calculated, quantitative approach to, to achieving goals. So a vision or a dream without a clear strategy and execution is just a hallucination. So what Uh-oh. your list? A hallucination, everybody. Look out. <laughs> yeah. So what I want to leave your listeners with is that we have to back up our financial goals and dreams with clear research and analysis like the ones that, I, that my firm does for our clients. And if, you know, folks need some tools, they can go to our, our, one of our websites called 90secondbusinessplan.com where they can just get started with, with their plan. All right, is that all spelled out, 90secondbusinessplan.com? It's 90businessplan.com. 90businessplan.com. Everybody write that down. That sounds like a fabulous resource. And it will get started with a combination of what we're getting here from Soyini, which is possibility thinking. Anything is possible, and we're going to back it up with some analysis, some numbers, and some steps on how to get there. I love it, Soyini. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. You know, love, money, and Seva is our lane, and you're swimming in our lane. We have to have you back. Wonderful. Anything is possible with a good plan, Dr. Brenda. Anything's possible with a good plan. I'm going to take that on. All right, my dear, many blessings, and thank you again. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. All right, everyone. You've got it there. Love, money, and are you ready for SEVA? SEVA is selfless service. I'm going to introduce you to a gentleman that we all want to honor, and that is Bo Bluen. And most of us don't think of the United States Marine Corps as a powerful place for spiritual growth, but it was the perfect place for our next guest to find his truth. Bo Bluen was deployed twice in Afghanistan and twice in Iraq where he had to learn how to control his mind in the most stressful of situations. And he's got some powerful insights 27 years old, and he has created a brand new program. He's going to tell us about it right now. Welcome, Bo. How are you? Hi, I'm doing very well. How are you? Just great. Thank you for joining us here on Good Love Radio. And you are 27 years old, and you've already been twice in Afghanistan and twice in Iraq? Yes, I have. It's been a uh, very interesting experience. But first, before we get to that, thank you very much for allowing me to come on your show. I you really appreciate it. You are more than welcome. And on behalf of all of us, all of our listeners, our producers, our team here at Love Money Save a Seminars, we want to thank you for your service. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I know a lot of men and women that are overseas right now, I appreciate that as well. So thank you. Yes, and we're just sending blessings that everyone will be safe and get home to their loved ones, safe and sound. So tell us a little bit about your experience. You use the word interesting. I think some of us might have come up with some other words, Bo, about being deployed four times as a Marine. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, um, it first started off, um, well, I picked a job to 
where I wouldn't have to go into combat as much. But what I did is I kind of worked myself into a position to where I was able to go to a unit that was kind of specialized, and that was kind of our job was to go out and to go into combat. And so in doing that, I had to prepare myself um, for that very stressful situation in a few ways. And one of the ways that I prepared myself to go into combat is to break it down to a very materialistic aspect of what I was going into. Because I didn't want to turn it into some kind of like huge fiction or horror show or overfilled drama that we see in the movies all the time. What I wanted to do, and I had to do this from a leadership perspective as well from the men that I was actually going into combat with, and this is one of the main reasons why I did that. Because it's really, when we talk about service, you know, we serve um, our nation, but on a small level, we serve the men and women next to us. And that's the most important thing. And one way I was able to serve the men next to me is to break down war to a very materialistic standpoint that, okay, some guy or girl is probably going to load a piece of metal into a gun and shoot at me. Somebody is probably going to make, you know, a homemade explosive with ammonium nitrate made out of wood that's going to try to hurt me. So what I try to do is not turn it into something that is just so long to where I wouldn't be able to do my job going into it. And what that was able to do is say, okay, man, this is what we're doing, and this is what's going to happen. Now, what we can do is empower each other through a sense of communion, through a sense of steadfast leadership to each other, you know, through integrity and hard work and commitment. And that's what I focused on going into combat. So those were some of the um, attributes that I tried to give them in that I was going into some stressful situations. And that's why I said it was interesting, because whenever I went through all of these things, by preparing that way mentally, that's kind of really what it felt like when I was going through it. So I was really more worried about the people around me, like the material aspect and the um, shock that we could go through unless we prepare ourselves mentally to go into those types so of things. So what you're saying is that you really focused on getting mastery of your mind and yeah. literally saying to yourself, okay, this is exactly what could happen, not hey, anything could happen, it could be this, it could be that, and it's horrible and it's awful. And, you know, we actually have a word for that in psychology. It's called chunking it down to size. You chunk like it down to size so you can get your arms around it and say somebody could do this and try to hurt me. But, you know, you also talked about this idea of having an intention, a very clear intention, communion, hard work, integrity, leadership, as a way to be there for those people that you were going into combat with. That's, that's just so powerful. Now, Bo, I'm intensely curious. I know everybody is. How did you come to those ideas that this is how you had to approach this very, you know, for us, very daunting task? And, and, and these things can carry over into everything else, which I'll get into. And thank you for that question. Um, I did that because I'm an extremely spiritual person, and I always have been since I was little. I didn't really understand what that was when I was younger, but going into it and, and, having, and living my life faithfully and knowing that faith isn't just something that we give to some deity in the sky, but living it through my actions, it finally came to me in a very dire moment of need. Whether, we, I, whether I've been what you know, psychologists would say feeding to your subconscious, what I call feeding to my spirit, it came to me whenever I needed it. And it was so powerful when it happened. 
And uh, that's kind of how I prepared myself because I'd pray or meditated. Um, I, I prepared myself during long runs. Whenever I'd go on a shooting package to shoot on a range, I would prepare myself. And every moment, because I, cause I know I wanted to come back and I wanted my men to come back and I know the people around us wanted to come home. So that was a way that I would do that. Hmm. So for you, it was about you making a decision that how you showed up was going to make the difference and the men and women serving under you making it home safely. Now, once you got back from Afghanistan and Iraq, now we've heard a lot, everyone has heard a lot about PTS. Has yes. that been something that you've been working with also? Um, I briefly um, had a stint on my, after my second deployment, my first deployment to Afghanistan, um, where I was having um, sleeping issues. And what I decided to do was, okay, I'm not going to take anything for it. Um, I learned from a very young age from my mother that we can do all things through our mind and through the power of what people would say subconscious or spirit. And so I decided to go ahead and work through it that way, through my own way, my own creative way. And I just broke myself down again, and it's another long story, but to the very simplest forms of myself and looking and analyzing the different thoughts and everything that I had going on within me and learning how to be of service to myself. And I did that a few different ways. And what I had to do in order to get over that and to get over some of the shock that my body was feeling was to look at what I was serving in my life and how it was serving me. And that was the biggest thing for me to realize, whether it be through relationships, through friendship, you know, through time and energy spent, I had to learn to serve things that were good for me. And serving an old memory that was no longer real anymore was not a good way to serve myself. So I wasn't moving mm. forward. I was moving, and it's a different lower vibration of thought. It's a, different, it's a different thing to go through that. But it's extremely powerful to know that we can really, honestly, grab the things that are the hardest with us, the things that challenge us the most, and turn that into something powerful to change the world around you. And that's the thing with adversity. It's only a different side of something else, which in my opinion, everything is love. And that's so all it really is. how did you do that for yourself? How did you do that? Give us an example of how you did that. I would get down and dirty with exactly what was bothering me. So if I saw somebody get hurt or if I was um, dragging old memories with me, I would confront that and say thank you. I would say thank you with all of my heart, and I would be very grateful because I am still alive to say thank you. I am still breathing to say thank you. I still know that there's something that I want to get over. That's how I did that, and it was being grateful for it and saying thank you is the biggest part of really letting love flow into our lives and everything. Wow, I love it that you're talking about the power of gratefulness. You know, this, this is something that we're just beginning to get a lot of research on, so I want to back you up, Bo. I want to back you up because we are finding that being grateful changes everything. When you're grateful for your mate, you change your relationship. When you're grateful for your mate before you have one, you're more likely to attract the one you want. When you're grateful for your money, it grows. And when you're grateful for your life, that you are alive, that your life means something, then Absolutely. you become a bigger contributor. So gratefulness, we can't say enough, and I appreciate you bringing that forward. Now, I want you to tell us how you came to create Fit for Truth. Yes, and this is and so exciting. Fit I'm so truth is. Tell us about that. 
All right. So I was in Iraq this last time, and um, my mother sent me an email, a very inspirational one, and I could read the diction and the connotation through her, through her text, and it got me very motivated. So I emailed the spiritual leader at First Unity of St. Petersburg, Temple Hayes, which she's amazing, by the way. She's transforming lives down there. And I emailed her and said, I, I'm extending myself through this email. This is an extension of me saying, can I please give back to your organization? And, you know, I had done this a few times over the years, and I had talked to people, and no one really took me up on it, and she did. You know, so I never gave up on that goal of coming up with a youth program. And what it is, it's called Fit for Truth, and we realize that everybody has, you know, their own truths about them and what they believe their own truth being and what their dreams and goals are and what they have outlined for themselves. And what we do is we hone in on that. But we hone in on our youth. You know, those are the most important people uh, in my eyes to help because they haven't gone through things that we've gone through. And what we do is we hone in on what they're wanting to do, and we show them that adversity is actually a tool for personal growth. And we do that through some of the mental processes that you and I have talked about. But the cool thing about it is we also add a physical aspect to it. So we take them out into nature we're doing inspirational hikes. I think next month we're going to get rid of fear and we'll probably go on a zip line and do stuff like that. And we tie in Unity's principles that they, that they teach, and we tie all those things in, like affirmations and meditation, and we put it all into one coherent package to where we can get these kids living their truth so they can make this place a better world to live for themselves. And whenever we live better for ourselves, you know, people around us, well, obviously it's contagious and, and it will help the people around us. So that's kind of where Fit for Truth is now. It's in the very nascent stages of development. Wow. Um, so hold on life. here a second. Yeah. You decided to create a holistic program where yeah. youth are going to learn the power of affirmations and train their own minds, take them out into nature where they can feel relaxed and inspired. You know, I have to quickly tell you, I, I worked oh, it's been a few years now, in a program similar to that called Project Hope. And we were working with three high schools in an area of Oakland, uh, Oakland, California, where a lot of our young people were facing some pretty tough times, nothing like being deployed in Afghanistan or Iraq, but I know a lot of these youngsters felt like it. And they were afraid to go into nature. They were afraid because they'd never had the opportunity to go out into one of our beautiful state parks. So we took them out there on an overnight trip. And I tell you, it was a challenge. And then finally after their second day, and it was time for us to go home, they said, oh, do we have to leave? When at first they were scared. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, that's kind of the, the atmosphere that we're shooting for as well, you know, by taking them. And we are going to a state park as well. And it's, it's very powerful to get back to our roots and let go of technology sometimes and take in the blessings that are around us, you know, every day that sometimes we forget to see during our normal everyday lives. So. Wow. Bo, I just admire you for coming back from the war and using spiritual principles, mind mastery principles to heal yourself. And now you're taking it out to young people. You said this is at the very beginning of your program. Now, how do young people find out about your program or join it? And where is it? Tell us. We want to spread the word for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, it's currently in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. 
and it's at First Unity of St. Petersburg. So that's kind of the, uh, the platform that we're using right now. And um, we were looking to grow this, but first, you know, I need to stay um, very dedicated to this program, and it's a 12-month program that I'm writing, and then we're looking to um, put Fit for Truth into high school uh, strength and conditioning programs and all other sorts of areas of life where people can learn these basic tools to help. There you go. These aren't so basic, my dear. These are power tools. I love it. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual workout, getting fit in every way, fit for truth. It's a curriculum that's going to help a lot of youth navigate the challenges of just being a young person. So, Bo, anything you want to leave us with that you learned through your life experiences in the military and after? Yes. Um, I would like for everybody to really know that the very smallest of actions have the greatest effects on life and the people around us. It doesn't have to be through a Fit for Truth program, which is very important, by the way, but it can be through the very moments and seconds on how we decide to live our lives. If we're going to wake up every morning and be humble and be creative and be grateful, people feel that around us, and that changes the consciousness and the energy and the space between people. It bonds people together. So at the, at the very end of the day, it's very important to know that we can make a difference by just living some certain principles in our lives. And I think the minute we take a step back and do that and relax and let go, really is whenever the consciousness of our people is really going to continue to be elevated. So that's what I would like to do. Mm, that's beautiful. So you're saying generate from within the thoughts, the words, the beliefs that lead to actions that actually change energy. And for those who don't think Bo is speaking the truth, look it up, check it out. Latest principles in quantum physics, everything is energy and all energy is connected and you all know that it is magnetic. So we're talking about magnetizing exactly what you put out, right, Bo? Yes, absolutely. Thank you well, very much. Well, since you're putting out selfless service, may that be returned to you many times over You've learned so much, and you're already prepared to be of even greater service now that you've returned home, taking what you've learned. So I want everyone to know you can reach Bo, hit him up, encourage him, cheer him on. You can go to triple-dub.fit, F-I-T, number four, truth.com. That's triple-dub.fitfortruth.com. Dot com. We're talking to Bo Bluen, who has done four tours of duty as a United States Marine and has come back ready to share his SAVA, selfless service and leadership with young people. And you have our heartfelt gratitude, Bo, and best, best, best wishes to you. Thanks for being a guest this evening. Yes, thank you very much. Hope you have a great evening. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, let me tell you how to get back with Dr. L.B. Wish. It's www.lovevictory.com. Soyini Coke, www.anonaenterprises. Let me spell it for you. That's A-N-N-O-N-A, enterprises.com. We have some great guests coming up. You want to be with us as we welcome Karen Epps and Skip Seams. Skip Sams, that is, who are going to talk about love and recovery. 
Lisa McCarthy, The Power of Affirmations. And remember, the end of this month, join me and our special guest right here live, live, I said L-I-V-E, in San Francisco in our Love, Money, and Seva Academy. We are going to be talking about hot-wired success. Hot Wired Success. It's a two-day live intensive. We're going to cover the seven soulful secrets to love, abundance, and success. And we want you to be with us and be part of it. And we have one last question that just came in via Facebook. And this question was for Bo, but I guess I'll just feel that myself. Here we go. The question is, how can I live more service in my life? All right, so if I were Bo, I think I know what Bo would say. I would say get really quiet and ask, what is my greatest gift? And the greatest gift you've received could be that you learned about art and you love it. It could be like Bo, you loved Nature, you want to take people in nature, you want to help people get physically fit, whatever that is. Give your greatest gift to others. And we've had Soini, whose gift is knowing about business and money. We have LB teaching us about love. Both. So you've got a gift. Everybody's got a gift. Everybody's got a gift. Make a commitment right now to give your gift. And here on Good Love Radio, our gift is we are connected to some of the most powerful teachers of love, money, favor. They all make your love good, make it strong, and I want you to remember this. You are worthy. You are deserving. You are so lovable. Practice that little mantra all day every day so you build good love inside yourself and what does that make you that makes you a good love magnet everybody that makes you a good love magnet let's keep that going and i'm going to give you one quick little good love magnet tip before we sign off tonight you're practicing I am worthy, I am deserving, I am so lovable, and you're looking in the mirror, you're doing what LB suggested, she said write down the things you don't like about yourself, and then figure out where you first heard those things, and then say what my parents thought or whoever was saying those things, it wasn't about me, it was about them. And get very, very, very clear that you have the power to change your mind. I'm going to go back to Soyini. We're going to talk about how you get clear. She says, any, any plan that you make has got to have action steps or you're hallucinating. All right, so follow her steps. And we're going to end on Bo's advice to all of us which is give back, be of service, and know that wherever you are, whoever you are, you've got a gift. And I say the most important gift is that we are all connected. We are all part of that great energy Bo talked about that connects all of life, and that energy is love. 
that love makes us human. All right, so go out there, love yourself first, spread that love around through selfless service, make your plans and create abundance and success for yourself. You deserve that too. And we'll be back with you again next week for another opportunity to grow love. Oh, and please write down those dates, March 29th and 30th. Join us here in San Francisco for the two-day live intensive hot-wired success. Seven Soulful Secrets to Love, Abundance, and Success. All right, everyone. Take a deep breath. That's it. Breathe in love. And now breathe in abundance. That's it. And now breathe in Seva, selfless service, words to live by. Many blessings. Bye-bye.